0: Yo, 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 what's going on, everybody? This is my first live stream of 2023. So shout out to y'all real quick, man. For everyone that's been following me, you already know, I did drop a video yesterday that is in the Patreon. If you want to join the Patreon, let me put the the link up here for you real quick. There you go, that's the link to join the Patreon. Uh, If you especially want to know what I was up to like the last six months and what what I plan to do in the coming Q1, uh, check that out for real. Definitely, definitely some some things i drop on there. I got some more. I'm going to drop more and more things to the Patreon. I figured out a good setup to where like I right, use my camera, record without this podcast setup and then just take the SD card out and just upload it like I used to. And that's much faster for me. So uh, yeah, man, appreciate y'all. And, and honestly, I've just starting to talk talking about one of my gripes, man. Now I've had a MacBook going on for like two years now, two years. And one of the things that I used to champion, you know, simple, do what I need to do, everything, you name it. But the issue is now Apple has their Apple Silicon books, which is like the M ones, M twos, all those different things. So there, it's a big push that we away from the Intel laptops to those. So a couple of weeks ago, I, I updated to West Ventura, not thinking nothing of it or whatever, you know. Ended up getting a new anchor, a docking station last week, and it has one of the connections that could connect by Thunderbolt three to my display, and it don't work. I'm thinking, hey, maybe the cable's bad. I'm using the wrong cables. I'm doing everything. I did so much as to where I restored, you know, my Mac to like Mac OS Sierra what it first came with. And then reinstalled Mac OS Monterey just for me to find out that, hey, it's not nothing I can do to fix it. It's an Apple limitation that they put on it because they want you to use the M1. So I'm switching from the Anker Station that I got to another one, the, the 575 instead of 577. And I'll definitely be trying to do a review on that. Let's see what's up, man. What's going on, Trent? Chris shout out to you, Chef Capone, what up? What up? y'all make sure y'all hit that like button when y'all come in for me, please, please hit the like button. Let me get some real quick. I'm gonna put this in the chat. Also, y'all know I've been promoting this heavy. One of the ways you know y'all can help yourself and support me is using my link to join course careers, man. If you're interested in learning about tech sales, Tech sales is one of the outlier roles in tech, to where you could make six figures in your first role because tech role, I'm sorry, tech sales is so important. Tech sales and other companies is pretty much determined on like how you get your bonus, so they have to sell well. So if they're selling well, then you'll be all right. Well, let me see where it's staying. One second, we're finna get into the the mean potatoes of this real quick. Let's see. All right, there we go. All right, I found it. <laughs> Let me throw this in the chat and then, you know, we got this. Hopefully it didn't mess my link up. We'll see. I am Perfect. It didn't. So I'm going to pin that to the chat real quick. All right. So people that follow me, you know, I've I've covered LastPass before. I've actually, you know, been a big fan of it. Saying that, hey, how they segmented their network, did what it's supposed to do. So even if they get breached, like your information isn't, you know, affected. Turns out that that was false because I'm going off of what they reported. I can only go off what they reported. Now, I should have been a little bit more, what's the word I'm for, skeptical and just moved away from it anyways. Once they got patched, because hey, I have a lot, you know, of important passwords <laughs> and LastPass and other things, so I should have just been you know, moved away from it. But I didn't see any you know, unusual logins or anything like that from my account. However, that's not the case. We found out like they had been breached again. And there are ways that people can actually access your information. So what I'm going to do is, let's bring up this first article right here. Let me share my screen quick and we'll read it and we we'll get into it. Let me say what's up to everybody real quick. What's going on, Asher Deadpool? Hey, shout out to you, man. Hey, look, Asher, I just posted that uh, Course Careers link it out. They also have tech sales and an IT course. IT course was done by another great YouTuber by the name of Josh Metacor. Check out his YouTube page. He has testimonials from people that's recently did his. He does cover, I think he covers like a lot of Azure stuff. So you'll actually know how to work in the cloud as well early on into your career to where you could, within the next year or so, get an even higher paying job. So if you're really trying to get into IT right now, you want to be technical, check out that link I posted in, in the chat for course careers. Shout out to you, Chef Capone. All right. Now, let's get into this real quick, man. I know y'all busy. It's been a busy day, man. Y'all went back to work? All right. Let me see how I'm looking here. All right. That's good enough. Let me try to zoom in on that one so y'all can see let's, Let me see how I look on the stream for y'all real quick. All right. Perfect. That should be good for y'all. All right. So, check that. So, just days before Christmas, when most people probably weren't paying too much attention, password management service last pass revealed that haggers had access customer password vaults. All right. so. Like I said, at first they just made it seem like they didn't access anything. No customer information was affected, so that's kind of like red flag. You really would say strike one, but it's really strike strike three. <laughs> so let's see. That sounds really bad, but wasn't there news of a LastPass hack earlier in the year? You're probably thinking the original announcement LastPass made back on August 25th, 2022, where it said that a hacker had managed to gain access to a developer's account and stole the Summit source code from a development environment. And that's what I was referring to earlier. That's what they said. So I'm like, okay. So they, they're fortified enough where, you know, this doesn't happen. But I, I do know there are, you know, regulations on like, I think, I forgot who LastPass is owned by or who's, whatever they own. Let me see. I can see if that is right now. So that's what I like about doing live streaming. We can both learn in real time. Let's see. something. okay. It's not publicly traded, so it's an independent firm. So it has to operate slightly different from a publicly traded company, but either way, they still have to disclose, disclose breaches, especially the size of LastPass, like, I mean, for the most part, I never had any issues out of it, but so far, so good. Let's, let's get to this. Back then, LastPass said they had seen no evidence that the incident involved any access to customer data or encrypted password vaults. Well, LastPass might have not seen any evidence that customer password vaults had been accessed then, but, and this is something I probably should have said, when a company says it has seen no evidence of anything bad happening, that's not necessarily the same as saying nothing bad happened. Correct. And sure enough, just before Christmas, LastPass confirmed that the information stolen from a developer's account in the August 2022 attack was actually used to target another employee obtaining credentials and keys, which are used to access and decrypt some storage volumes. Man. And I always wonder, every time I do these things, I always wonder, by this time, it's already too late. They're already infiltrated. But I always wonder, before the breach happens, what is their SOC team seeing? What what is going on? Are they just not handling things correctly, or are they doing what they're supposed to do and then notify who they need to notify. And if anybody's also been following me every day, I've been doing like these, I'll need to. i probably post the link in the description as well. I have these sock endless interview questions and they range from like easier to some that may be a little bit more mid to senior level type of questions. But the reason why I do those scenarios is because you have these things happening. And if a company's hiring you to be the front line defense of their company, they want to make sure that they're in good hands, no all state pun. Yeah. So that's the reason why, like, it's not a position where you know they can kind of just hold your hand out and they actually need you to help them out because it's, it's becoming more and more pivotal. Like we've seen so many different companies get breached, that and attack groups are banding together to take down giants, and who knows, they might be getting paid by other companies, but. That, that'll be another live stream whenever that actually comes out. But a lot of stuff is playing out like stuff we watch on TV shows. So let's keep on reading it. Yeah, I think at, once I got that email, I think I had went ahead and, and switched. So perhaps LastPass hadn't said when it believes the theft of the password boss occurred. But most of the important thing to you is probably what the stolen data contained and how it could be exploited by the hackers. The stolen data includes the following unencrypted data. Company names, end user names, billing addresses, telephone numbers, email addresses, IP addresses, which customers used to access LastPass, website, URLs from your password box. Now, a lot of those things would be considered. I guess in the terms of a company, I probably would say it'd be personal, because company names. Now you can let's do some scenarios, right? Let's say if you're the hacker, you could possibly get this information and spearfish a CEO. At the company and say, Hey, you know, I work for LastPass, or whatever, you know, your credentials were breached in the incident. You know, I'm on the incident response team, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, click this link so you can reset your, your password stuff for LastPass, or whatever. Right. And I'm just making up some stuff. This is on off the fly. So imagine most of CEOs may click it because they're going to hackers and everyone else going to use some type of level of concern in the phishing email to get you. And so that's just one way. That's not even talking about the data they got from LastPass. That's saying how they can use it to manipulate and get money out of other customers. So that's crazy. And think about your IP address. Now they can even find you and start and start trying to access your accounts. So this this is huge. This this is huge. I kind of feel sorry for the security team because people are gonna be pointing the finger at them. And we know some negligence somewhere, but we just don't know who it falls on. But it's one of those things guilty by association that happens when you're working like this. So let's see what this article says. In other words, cyber criminals, ooh, in other words, cyber criminals now know that you use LastPass. They know how to contact you and they know which websites you use. That's valuable information for anyone attempting to fish further information from you. As they could easily pose as one of the websites you access and send you a scam email. Now y'all saw that I said that pretty much without even getting down to the article. So me and him are thinking on the same thing. And so this is what I also say. Be careful with using your personal password manager for things that you use at work for incidents like this, where there could be a system of information in there that now if your account gets breached, somebody has access to the information that you use to log on to your things at work. So I want you to keep that in mind. At work, only use like a, a company approved password manager, nine times out of 10. It's not going to be, well, it's going to probably be protected because I've worked at a company where they use LastPass for password before, but. They're probably going to have you use something like on a desktop that may seem like a little bit more secure as long as someone doesn't get in their environment and access that. Furthermore, simply knowing which websites you access and store your password manager might reveal private information about you that would have rather remain confidential. And further still, it's possible you store password reset links for these websites in your password manager. That might not have expired or other sensitive information or tokens in your website URL that you wouldn't want to find in the wrong hands. Now, I ain't I ain't never put no password reset link. I just hit forgot password to let the email be sent to me. Let's see what else it is, because it's like it's a pretty long article. I ain't gonna have it finished. Because the hackers also stole encrypted customer data, including website usernames and passwords, secure notes, form field data, but that's encrypted, right? Yes, it's encrypted. The hackers need to determine what your last pass master password is to access the crown jewels. The username and passwords to all your online accounts. Well, I have a strong, hard to guess unique password and have a two factor authentication enabled on my LastPass account, so I'm safe. Hmm. Well, 2FA is irrelevant in this case. The hackers have already stolen the password file data. They don't need to bother locking into anyone's LastPass account. Similarly, changing your password now doesn't undo the data breach. It may still be a sensible step to take, of course. And what's going to help the hackers is that many, many LastPass users likely have chosen master passwords. They're much weaker than LastPass itself recommends. Yeah, that's probably so. They probably don't trust using LastPass. They probably just chose something easy so they can remember to get in and get out. Since 2018, LastPass has had recommended and required a 12-character minimum for master passwords. Aside from the fact that the number of characters alone isn't a good indicator of password strength, it appears that customers who have been with LastPass since before 2018 have not been required to update their master passwords to meet LastPass' own recommendations leaving the encrypted parts of their password vaults much more vulnerable. All right, let me go main screen real quick right here. Let me see who we got in the chat. Really quick. All right, so I'm back here. So if y'all remember correctly, I have an episode where I did my guy, J.K. Swopes, and we talked about identity access management being pretty much very critical in order for your company to not get screwed over and get breached. You just saw it said they had a company since 2018 that had never had to adhere to new password standards, change their password. So that means most of them are susceptible because they have weaker passwords. Now, that should have just been something that forced them to change their passwords. Like, for example, in my Slack space, I'm the admin. I did something where I made people set up 2 factor authentication, and it made them, I think, change the password as well. So I can set that as an admin. So who is working with LastPass on making sure customers' passwords to their password vaults be updated? for situations like this. So I I found that to be very interesting and and showing you how, I always talk about like the GRC and how critical it could be because that would be something in compliance. It's how something that minute and small can end up in a big breach like we're seeing right now. So let me get back into the article. Let's get back into it. Aside from the fact that the number, all right, we read that already. Look, yes, it does rather. And what's more, security researchers have revealed that at least some of the master passwords stored by LastPass for as longer standing user vaults have been encrypted in a way where it makes them far too easy to crack. Yep. So I will probably correlate this to this. So funny story. And I probably could put this up. Let me go back to Walmart being real quick. All right. So when I was younger, we had this old school Buick, right? And I'm going to make this a parallel to like the encryption. And, and this old school Buick, my dad never got it fixed. So he used to start it without a key, right? And this ain't something that you're supposed to do with a car. A car is supposed to need a key to start. So one day, some people, some young kids in the neighborhood, just, you know what they normally to do, pull along long door see what's open. His car was open. They started They drove off. So I'm going to equivalent that to that, saying, hey, they have an easier way to crack it by, hey, okay, we just in. We don't even have to do as much as we got to do the, how they these new encryption standards. We can use this right here and get what we need super quick. And I know personally from like different companies that I was dealing with this stuff that this has been a headache for them. But I, I just thought I'd touch on that. As researcher, I think that's how you say, well, is that Vladimir, Waldemir? I don't know. <laughs> Y'all tell me in the comments. I forget how to mess up the W sound. Huh? Pilate details. LastPass sauce and hashes master passwords using PBKDF2 algorithm with a hundred thousand one hundred iterations. The number of iterations is an indication of just how much work someone or more likely, a modern graphics card is going to have to do to break your password. However, many LastPass users who have had their accounts for a long time appear to have only had their accounts configured for the 5,000 iterations, or in some cases, low as 500. Such purely secure vaults may not take too long or cost too much money to unlock. So I think that does kind of correlate to what I said, having no key. It's just like having no key Five, under 500. Man. So look at this. This is a pretty good graphic. 100, these iterations right here, 200 years. That's it. Is that 1.5 million? Yeah. 5,000 iterations, 10 years. 500, one year, 15 hours. And that's a rather strong password, according to this older study. The average password has merely 40 bits of entropy. So divide all numbers by 1,000 for that. And as LastPassRival1Password explains, the figure becomes much worse when this human created password that the hackers are trying to crack. All right. So, this is a long article. I'm not going to get into it, but I am going to show you that. And I don't want to eat something. All right. So, this is what I moved to. I moved to Dashlane. Dashlane password manager has never been breached. And our zero knowledge patented encryption means not even we can see your passwords. So, I moved to this. It's actually cheaper than LastPass. I like it so far. I like the app on the iPhone. Let me tell so yeah, this is what I'm using right now. Let me see what y'all talking about in the chat, real quick, man. Yo, shout out to you for the super chat, man. Shout out, hey, if y'all are looking to get CompTIA certified and y'all want to get those certifications, highlight my guy Master IT right here. He's the guy with the goods, and he got so many success stories, so many free gems just on his channel alone. If you need some help with those courses and those tests, like check him out. Appreciate the super chat, man. Let me read some of these things. Chris Tahoe. When are you going to come out with a SecOps course? That's in the works or I'm going to partner with some people. I got some things I want to do. So it definitely helps some people bolster up some skills. Because honestly, a lot of cybersecurity is really common sense, to be honest. As much technical stuff you need to know, some things, it's at a foundational standpoint, is common sense. I keep out my login info in the physical notepad. Nothing connected to the internet. It's 100% bulletproof. I'd rather the peace of mind over convenience. I, I got an up like that, but until somebody break in and find the, the passwords, or just burn them up. Now, you don't have the passwords no more. So, I just I always say have a backup. Yeah, I don't know what happened to me. Just let me make sure I still got the right audio and stuff. All right, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, kick me out for a second. Yeah, it is a good value. I know some people that use before. Astro Pass is and probably had A Plus. Should you go for Network Plus? It just depends on what you want to do, to be honest. If you feel like you need the networking experience or need to understand networking more, I say go for it or at least understand the concepts. It's between that or, or CCNA. A lot of people go back and forth between those. But I would just say it all depends on, you know, what's your next step and what you want to do. All right. <laughs> he said last man, should will take you down? That's funny. Man, and then I don't have any of my soundboard stuff installed today. I had to, Like I told y'all, I ended up doing something stupid about recovering, you know, restoring my laptop for no reason at all. So I'm going to put everything back. So the next live stream is going to actually be like, I'm going to have my gunshots and everything going on. But here's another video that I actually, I mean, a video. Is this it? Let's see. All right. Yep. So I was on Business Insider looking for stuff I want to talk about today. And I saw an article. It's like, you know, top 10 worst entry level tech jobs. Right. And so in real time, we both going to read it ourselves and we're going to discuss if this is CAP, you know, or they are they speaking facts. So let's look at it. All right. There we go. All right. Let's get right into the article. All right. So. Number one is IT support Specialists. Let's see what they talk about. They do help clients troubleshoot and fix issues on a computer, software, and other devices. The overall number of U.S. job openings in IT support is expected to increase by six percent between 2021 and 2031. The BLS project projects, I'm sorry, <laughs> that around 75,000 jobs in IT support will open each year. IT support specialists can make an average base salary of 49,154 dollars a year, according to estimates from Indeed. The salaries vary really depending on the company and location. An entry-level IT associate at a New York-based consulting firm can make between 65 to 80K, whereas IT support in Wisconsin can make up to 20 an hour. I'm really just paraphrasing this so I don't want to read it all the time. IT support can be a challenging role since workers often have to do with difficult clients that are frustrated when their devices stop working. Dr. Kyle Elliott, a tech career coach, told Insire. Moreover, IT support roles often don't pay well until they've at a manager level position. Even so, there could be little room for promotion depending on the size of the company. Although you may be able to progress into a Tier 2 or Tier 3 level role, there tends to be a little upward mobility. All right. So let's see what this last one says because I I have some thoughts about it. One worker who claimed to have been in the IT support industry for seven and a half years posted on Fishbowl, the first couple of jobs were kind of awful. Another IT support worker who identifies as Tier 1 posted, The job isn't something enough since it doesn't draw from the poster's technical expertise. All right. So before we get into the second one, I don't know, man, because you can break down IT support in so many different ways. You got so many different jobs. I mean, different things you can do as IT support. I always say it's a good springboard job because it gives you a good level foundational skills for you in your next role that you want to do or pursue. So I just keep it as that. I know a lot of people myself used to do help desk. Like I said, You've, you've seen me. I said, "Help this made me help me quadruple my my salary." Really, was it quintuple? Whatever the one for five is, you know. So, I, I've put in the work to get that, but that's that foundation that I received years ago doing help this. And with that foundation, I don't know if I would have got to the same place right now. But my experience isn't everyone's experience. All right, let's get back to the article. Customer service specialists, also known as customer service representatives, help clients answer questions related to the company. They can also open and close sales accounts and deal with payment issues. The overall number of U.S. jobs opening in customer service is expected to decline by 4%. Still, the BLS projects, okay, yeah. And so what I possibly could see from customer service, what I could see from customer service is like AI. As we know, I hate, I hate and I don't even like the, let's, I despise calling in to any company that I had to do business with that I need something for, like whether it's my cell phone or internet, TV, whatever. I hate it because there's always somebody that's a, not a person talking to me. Press one for yes. Well, no, I just want to talk to a person. That's why I'm going to keep on pressing zero. Or I get people whose native language isn't English. No disrespect for them for trying to make, you know, make a living. However, it is frustrating sometimes because they're not grasping what you say. And they don't, or you can't understand them. And that's hard. <laughs> and, and, you know, I'm a person that's pretty much tech savvy. I don't really need a lot. I'm if I, When I call in, nine i out It's something that I can't figure out my own. And you're the only person that can fix it on your end. But for everybody else, it's headaches for them calling in. So I can see why that's one of the things that's replacing it. So let's get back into that. I'm not going to go through that whole thing. That could be quite probably boring. Let's see what this next one is. Social media coordinator. Let me, let me take a sip. Please. Social media coordinators work with sales, marketing, and graphic design teams to create high traffic social media campaigns to promote a company's brand or new product. The overall number of digital media coordinator jobs in the US is expected to increase by 6% between 2018 and 2028. Social media coordinators can make an average salary of $44,685 a year, but salaries vary depending on the industry. Company and location, New York based software company can make 60,000, 80,000 and North Carolina hotel can make 13 hour. Let's see why it's bad real quick, because this is one of those things where is this actually a tech job? I guess because social media, you kind of have to use phones like tech to do it. I guess I would consider it a non tech marketing type of job. That's what I would consider it to be. Social media coordinators tend to be popular jobs amongst entry-level employees who want to break into tech since it serves as a gateway to marketing and other high-paying roles. Dr. Kyle Elliott, a tech career coach, told Insider, but depending on the company, the job may be monotonous and could require long hours and low pay, Elliott said. It can also be high stress. Yeah, okay. I, I agree with that. I and then Honestly, if you are doing social media marketing, you should get paid much more because the things that you are contributing to the company make them far more money. You shouldn't I don't know the market for it, but these people should be making closer to six figure range. Because I know the company's benefiting five, ten times, twenty times over. They, you know what they're paying that person. So the least that they could do is pay them their worth. Because they probably are wearing many hats, and that's the and that's the thing with jobs that don't specialize in anything. You wear a lot of hats. But let's keep going. Ooh, this is gonna be dicey. I'm gonna have some technical recruiters on here, but let's see why they say this about technical recruiters. A technical recruiter helps a company hire qualified workers for roles in data science, engineering, and IT that require specialized skills. It includes finding, screening, and interviewing potential job candidates. The overall number of tech recruiting jobs in the U.S. is expected to increase by 5%. Okay, this still is the same thing, everything. I'm going to reading that. Tech recruiters can expect to make an average base salary of $66,302 a year, according to Indeed. Entry-level salaries can vary depending on the company. All right. I don't want to care about that. Let's see why it's bad. Tech recruiter jobs tend to be stressful, especially if you work in-house. Lori Swanson, the founder of Inspire Her Tech, a tech coaching and recruitment company, told Insider, it can be hard to reach goals set by managers given how unpredictable the job market and candidate behavior can be. Being an in-house tech recruiter means you have agreed to be on the front line for all hiring of the open tech jobs, and that is usually a lot. Reaching out to people who don't respond, having to explain to your hiring managers why you haven't been able to find someone in their salary range, and then finding out that job you just got for people excited to interview for has put on hold. With drills and tech workers laid off, the companies are now hiring recruiters on temporary contracts that don't guarantee full time employment, creating job uncertainty, according to a post on Fishbowl. One senior recruiter on the contract for seven years advised against taking contract work right, because it is extremely unstable after the worker allegedly got laid off from Microsoft. All right, let me let me go right here and let's talk about that. Let's see. If it takes one or two pumps to get me to a human to talk to, I'll just switch services and take my business elsewhere. These jobs don't seem bad to break into tech with if you're single. If you have a family, those salaries are going to cut it, right? But the the meaning of family income maybe what, like $70,000, I think. So most people still really make thirty five, forty thousand dollars $40,000. They still not making that much money. Had a job try to pay me $40,000 entry level, but I had to move to Dallas. I'm married with two kids. That wasn't going to cut it. Hey, for real, Slim, that, that ain't going to cut it. So. I've heard, what, what we just read the same sentiments in the, the, in the article about tech recruiters, I've heard that from the horse's mouth about how there are biases with the hiring manager and who they only want a certain type of people. The company wants to hire people in a certain range, not knowing they're not. I remember I had a job, so check this out. I had an interview for a, this is like a lead sock role. So I was like, either going to be a sock manager or it's going to be the lead like sock analyst, right? with a, a company that has a big name. I didn't even say this in my Patreon video. I may touch more on this again, like in Patreon. And I thought I was getting that role, ended up didn't getting it. But then the recruits said, oh yeah, they got an IR role open. And I asked them what the salary was. I think the salary was like 80, 80K or something like that. But they wanted like four years of experience, which is close to senior level. And I know the market, that's too low. So you aren't going to find a lot of qualified people that want to do that when you're paying below market average for a role when we know you got the money. So that's definitely it. And I also heard of applicants being rude to recruiters and all types of stuff. Listen, man, if you're watching this now, one of the worst things you can do is be mean to recruiters, especially even if it's like hitting you about a role you don't like. Like just it don't cost nothing to be nice because you never know. You may need them to reach out to somebody to help you get a job you actually want. And they'll remember how you treated them because be human. So it don't cost nothing to be nice, man. That's what my uncle taught me. And that's what I try to do with everybody every day. So, yeah, man. Be nice when these recruiters are reaching out to you. Listen, what this is is oh, shout out to my guy Tech Xavier. Yeah, man, same here. I had to let it go. Let's let's get back to this to this article. All right, he's talking about network engineering. I'm trying to see why they they must got to be using more just like statistics and data for this. Network engineers manage a company's computer network to ensure that it runs smoothly. Some duties include monitoring performance, installing or fixing equipment like routers, and performing day to day maintenance of the hardware. All right, it's supposed to increase by three percent. Network engineers can make an average base salary of ninety two thousand three hundred eighty nine dollars per year, according to Indeed. Wise bad? While network engineers tend to see their salaries grow with more experience, entry level roles often pay a low starting salary. Lori Swanson, the founder and CEO of Inspire Her Tech, a tech career coaching service, told Inside. The job is also physically demanding. Though your pay grows, your body starts to fall apart at the same rate. You are climbing under desks, lifting heavy equipment, and pulling all nighters without the pizza and beer, responding to outages. Plus, if you do decide to become a network engineer, make sure you also have great medical insurance because knee surgery is what? Let's see what this is. One form of networking engineer pivoted to cybersecurity because networking requires dealing with outages, major production issues, and late-night work that lower quality of life. Work is sometimes required on the weekends as well. Customers can also be frustrating. Outline the customer interaction inspired by his job. Dialogue the reflects how difficult it could be to deal with customers who are stubborn or don't listen. Man, all right they tripping man because first of all all network engineers not going on the desk like you make say some, so they got to distinguish something right and it's the same thing that happens when help desk like you got help desk then you got like ideal technicians network technicians where they the actual people that's going out and they're in the actual network closets and doing stuff but even then that's a minimal that's not something you're doing all the time so I really and that's why when you have to read stuff like this and you don't have experience it's hard for you to kind of differentiate because that could This could persuade somebody not to want to be a network engineer and they really like networking because somebody just said, hey, you need, need, you're going to have to get good medical students because you're going to need to get knee surgery in the future. That's insane. That's preposterous to me. And also a person said, oh, I switched to cybersecurity because it worked like that. No, are are you serious? They must be doing a role that's not critical because it has been times, hey, I got to wake up. Oh, it's a breach. Hands on deck. Everybody, you know, go get on your computer. Or we're busy the whole time. Where you have to tell them, hey, like twenty 2020, twenty, early twenty twenty one, Dallas had a snowstorm. I was in a street port at the time, with well, Bolger and a lot of my team didn't have power, so I had to work overnight. You know, you had to do what you got to do with certain roles. You got to do so. I don't really know what that person was doing in order to say that he switched to cybersecurity because it worked like best. But he must be doing something. Now you do have some that are like a little nine to five something, but when it hit the fan, everybody got to work, regardless of what you do from nine to five. So I don't, I don't really, you know, agree with that. Let's get back into it. I want to see if it's going to tell us anything else that's shocking. All right, content moderators. This is like, these, these aren't really all tech jobs, man. I'm not even going to, I'm not going to read this. Let me see if it's going to talk about something else. Okay, let's talk about project managers. Project managers exist across numerous industries and are broadly responsible for planning, execution, and completion of a project. According to estimates from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, there are around half a million project manager roles in 2021. While the average growth rate for all occupations is around 5%, according to the BLS, the growth rate for project managers is expected to be 16%. The average pay is over $100,000, according to estimates from Indeed. Why is bad? A source who works closely with tech workers told Insider the project managers have feast and famine work cycles and loads of responsibility but rarely wield decision-making power. Added to that, they often need to broker between challenging personality types. Now, that is a fact. One project manager on blind says, "Sometimes it seems like I don't do much, but sometimes it seems like I do a lot." And that they're used to getting hated on and being loved. That's that's true because a lot of times that project manager is having to push something that's coming from above them, and having to work with different people, difficult people. Some people that want to show up to mean. Some people that don't got the deliverables. Now they got to go back to their boss and say, "Hey, well." this person don't got so-and-so, so so I don't know what to do. I I mean, I'm trying to get it out of him. I got to go to maybe his manager about it, but I can't make him do it. So it is one of those jobs, but I will say if you have a, if you're a project manager on a good team, a project manager on a good team, you definitely will make good money, especially if you're a tech project manager. Project, I want, I don't know if they're going to talk about product manager on here, but you've you've seen my two episodes with the, the ladies that are tech product managers and they who's enthusiasm about their jobs. They are very knowledgeable about what they do and how what they contribute helps the overall strategy of the company. So that's one of the things when you have the pensions of like, what you want to do and what you like, is pensions of like, what does it mean overall to see if it really gets you out of bed in the morning? Because some of these things ain't going to get me out of bed in the morning. All right, this ain't no tech. See, bro, how is an Amazon video reviewer a freaking tech job? That's not no tech job, bro. They they BSing right now. Let me see what's else on this list. Let's see. Man, that still made me so mad. I lost my train of thought. Let's see. I'm not even reading that. That's bull. That's not a tech job, bro. That's, okay. Let's see. Oh, now we getting, we getting somewhere. Cybersecurity analysts. Working in cybersecurity usually involves protecting the company's data, software, hardware, and networks from cyber attacks and threats. The cybersecurity industry reached an all-time high with a reported 4.7 million workers, according to an October report from IC Squared, a nonprofit that specialized in training cybersecurity professionals. Average pay, seventy two thousand on average. You spend a lot of time reviewing a lot of logs, and then just when you think you saw the critical data breach, a new hacker erases all the good you done. The world is not a better place that and not a better place and you're back at Square War. All right. It could be so much better, but unfortunately just seen as someone not adding value, a person works in cybersecurity Rope. All right. This is this is what I'm saying. This is another one of those things that Somebody who not never did the job don't know what they're talking about, and I'm gonna look up who these who Lori Swanson is. I'm gonna do that now. I wanna see who this person is. I'm gonna try to find them on LinkedIn. Like, give me a second, and then, and then we're gonna talk about them. All right, I'm looking at if y'all don't see me right now reading, I'm looking at Lori Swanson, and okay, I'm, I'm finna I'm finna dig into something real quick. Let me let's talk about something real quick. All right, all right. So this is this is Lori Swanson's LinkedIn page, right? And this is not to be malicious towards her, right? But if you can see from her experience, she's never worked in cybersecurity. So it makes no sense to ask somebody who's never worked in cybersecurity something about a cybersecurity analyst. Now, I'm going to read this verbatim one more time, and then I'm going to let y'all see me. Lori Swanson, CEO of a tech career coaching service for women, said, you spend a lot of time reviewing a lot of logs, and then just when you think you saw the critical data breach, a new hacker, you register all the good you've done, the world is not a better place, and you are back at square one. Okay, number one, that's not what makes it a bad job. It's actually what makes it job security. Number two, every cybersecurity job does not review logs. Every cybersecurity job, they have different functions. So the, every cybersecurity analyst isn't a person that will possibly work in a SOC in either. You got cybersecurity analysts that are doing more like GRC based things, or a cybersecurity analyst that's doing more identity access management, or a cybersecurity analyst that may be doing red team or purple team. So that's a blanket statement. And like I said, for people who read business insider, just know that's kind of hogwash. That's not why it would make it bad. If anything, will make it bad if you said something about what the deuces for network engineering saying that work life balance could be busy, could not, you know. Have a see your kids or something for a while, or maybe you, it's too many logs that you can't alert fatigue like actual real stuff that happens, not just because a hacker comes. Because that's sometimes that's not on you, that's on policies. Like we just saw in the last pass breach, the reason why <laughs> some of these people are going to get breached is because they never had to update their password requirements and they had their last pass boss before 2018. And some of them have 5,000 iterations and 500 iterations that they're going to probably get cracked. So they might as well export and move on. So some of that stuff is above you. It don't even have to do with logs. Like, nah. So don't, don't listen to people like that that's never did it. It's kind of like when you listen to these people on these boxing channels, there's never a box before. Me, myself included, when I was covering boxing, I never boxed before. So data entry, let's see what they're talking about. The Bureau of Labor Statistics defined data entry workers as anyone operating a data entry device, performing duties ranging from verifying data to preparing materials for printing. There were almost 150,000 people employed in data entry in 2021, according to data from BLS. Average pay, 50 to 20 hours, according to estimates from Indeed. Kathy Lanzalico, a career coach who works with the new college graduates and entry-level professionals, said the pay for data entry specialists varies greatly across industries in companies. So candidates don't always know what to expect. In addition, the job often requires long hours from a data entry specialist. One former data entry specialist already said, if you know you're going to be bored or annoyed or feel like you're wasting your actual skills, then don't do it. If you know what you're doing okay with that, then again, go for it. Alright, so all right. that seems to be their, their top 10. I don't know. I, I, I like some of the stuff they said on there, but I wasn't really rocking with with some of it. But there were like two more things I actually want to touch on. And before I let you guys have, okay, this is one. I want to touch on this thing. Let's share it. And let's zoom in. BitRap malware campaign uses stolen data for phishing. Threat actors behind a recent malware campaign that have been using the stolen information of banker customers in Colombia as lures of phishing emails designed to affect targets with the BitRap remote access trojan, according to the cloud security fire Qualys. The company found that the infrastructure of an undisclosed Colombian cooperative bank had been hijacked by attackers while investigating BitRat lures in the active phishing attacks. Funny because I just posted a reel and a short about phishing. So this is pretty cool. Let's see. A total of 418,777 records containing sensitive customer data, including names, phone numbers, email addresses, addresses, Colombian national IDs, payment records, and salary information, were stolen from the breach servers. While investigating the campaign, Qualys also discovered evidence that the attackers had access to customer data, including logs showing that they looked for SQL injection bugs using SQL map tool. Moreover, the lures themselves contain system data from the bank to make them appear legitimate. This means that the attacker has gotten access to customer data. While digging deeper into the infrastructure, we identified logs that point to the use of a tool. They already said that. At the moment, none of the information stolen from the Colombian bank servers has been found on a dark web or clear web sites monitored by Qualys. The malware is delivered to victims' computers via a malicious XL file that drops and executes an INF file encoded with a highly obfuscated macro bundle with the attachment. Hmm. Look at that. That's cool. I might have to research that once I get my lab back installed on this thing. The final rep payload is then downloaded from a GitHub repository using the HTTP library on the compromised device, it executed with the help of WinExec function. During the last stage of the attack, the rat malware moves this loader to the Windows startup folder to gain persistence and automatically restart at the system reboots. Okay. So check this out. This is actually a, a question that you'll probably be asking if you're doing some security interviews. They might say, okay, hey, how would a, an attacker remain and and pretty much, let me see, because I'm, I'm trying to go off the head and I got a brain for it. Yeah. How would they gain the kind of remain persistence, right? So you just read right here, it loaded a loader into the Windows startup folder to gain persistence and automatically restart after the system reboots. So researching active attacks and hacks actually can be beneficial in your learning process to help you stand out when you are answering some of these interview questions. Since at least August 2020, BitRat has been sold as an off-the-shelf malware on dark web markets and cybercrime forums for little $20 for lifetime access. Man, that's cheap. After paying for a licensing <laughs> system, each customer uses their own approach to affect victims with this malware, such as phishing, watering holes, and trojanized software. The highly versatile BitRat can be used for a variety of malicious purposes. All right, so we seem like we're done on that one. And I think we had I think we had something that was a little bit more recent. Let me see if we got anything new in the chat. We got, thank you. Go. I'm just now seeing it, so I don't know what happened. I think I switched it, so hopefully you were able to see it. Can also backdoor system D. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. But those are ways. Like I said, also you can use Chat GPT as well if you want to know. Like, hey, ask Chat GPT. Hey, how was with a hacker gain persistence in the environment? And it'll kind of give you some ways, and then go research that. Now, this is where I get a lot of people that do. oh, do try hack me, and I said so that this is where that stuff can help you out. You do all these different labs and learn these things learn the defense side, and then you start doing them on your own and research them, and then just working, working, working. It's like if you were playing basketball and you, you learned how to do a jump shot, right? Or you did three dribbles and you, you was pulling up. That would be the shot I would tell you work on the whole day or the whole week. So now you perfected that shot. So you may not know how to do a lot of stuff, but when it comes to the game, you got your signature move, and when you release it, you might not make it every time, but it's going to feel like it's going in every time. And so that's similar to like how you do with your skills that you learn. like once you kind of get proficient enough at it, okay, let's, let's start practicing every day so I can re, regain this skill set. That's something that unfortunately I'm super busy that I was not always able to do. It's like, it's like for me, i got to like advocate time here, 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 here and figure out how I make the best of it just because I'm, I'm so busy with doing what I do. In my business is helping people out. We got one more article I want to touch on. It was this 60,000, I think, exchange servers. Yeah, vulnerable to proxy not shell attacks. Let me see if we. All right. What is 60,000? 000... Hang on, let me drink some real quick. One of 60,000 Microsoft Exchange servers disposed online are yet to be patched against the CVE 2022 1482 remote code execution vulnerability, one of the two security flaws targeted by proxy not shell exploits. According to a recent tweet from security researchers at Shadow Server Foundation, a nonprofit organization dedicated to improving. In their security, almost 70,000 Microsoft Exchange servers were found to be vulnerable to proxy not shell attacks, according to version information. However, new data published on Monday shows that the number of vulnerable Exchange servers has decreased from 83,000 in mid-December to 60,865, detected on January 2nd. It's a cool little, little graph. Let's see. Let's see if we can see this. So... Like Europe got the most, then right after them is North America, then Asia. Okay. So that's not bad. I mean, for the worldwide. These two security bugs track the CV 2022 1482 and 1440, collecting on this proxy not shell effect exchange server 2013, 2016, and 2019. If successfully exported, attackers can escalate privileges and gain arbitrary or remote code execution on comprise. Man. Anyway, then he can't read. Gain, arbitrary or remote code execution on compromised servers. Microsoft released security updates to address the flaws during the November 2022 past Tuesday, even though proxy not shell attacks have been detected in a while since at least September. Third intelligence company Great Noise has been tracking ongoing proxy not shell exploitation since September 30th, provides information on proxy not shell scanning activity and a list of IP addresses linked to the attacks. All right. Let me see. I'm, that article, I'll put that in there too. I ain't going to hold y'all too long with that one. Let me get back here. All right, man. So that's kind of been like my first news wrap up. This not wasn't one of a, a night where like a lot of big tech stuff had popped off, but what I'm going to attempt to do now is like when big stuff happening, like all day, every day, like really big things that everybody needs to talk about, like I'm going to try to go live and talk about them. And then in the future, Only reason why I have somebody else on is because like this was impromptu. But in the future, I'm gonna try to plan that early on in the day so we can jump on. And then there'll be like, uh, we do like a, so I cut my my interview portion and I got my solo episodes. And then this will be like a pretty much a current tech news segment where there could be something that has to do with like phones, security, social media, anything, you know? So that's kind of be the vibe going for that like weekly just to keep, you know, people engaged or so they may not know what's going on. But if you're in the chat right now and you got a, if you, right now you got a cybersecurity question or some career advice you want to ask, ask right now, i might be on like, I guess like like two five minutes, depending on which I ask. If you're listening right now, if you got a question you want to ask, go ahead and ask it. Now. That way I can answer it. If not, you know, I'll let you guys enjoy your night. And then, you know, you'll hear from me again pretty soon. Let me put some, some music on while you guys are waiting. All right, cool. Now it should be good. He only played in my headphones, so I can't see that. I mean, I can't hear that it's super loud. I was saying that I'm going to put in this link right here for y'all to check out the Patreon video if you want to support the Patreon because I'll be doing more videos there. I think I think I may do one. I had a client reach out to me like kind of like tips on like you know your first week of onboarding, how to survive onboarding, and then how to do good with that, make a good impression. So I'm going. I'm gonna script some stuff out and uh, make that a video for you all as well, and that will be Patreon first too. Like everything. That's scripted and it, it takes a lot more time will be Patreon first and other things that they'll get too exclusive stuff they'll get like, you know, maybe picking somebody from the Patreon to do a coaching session with or, or whatever. Um so that'll be going on to see we are we are our still got seventeen people here with me to be just thing too loud. How did I become how I become a millionaire so in cybersecurity? Shoot, I'm not but I would say good investment asset, owning your own company so you can get contracts and charge what you want. That's pretty much the simple path to it, in my opinion. Let's see. If we got any more questions, I'll let it roll. And if not, I'll be off here. All right, man. Let me borrow the okay. K. You got it. But no, man, I appreciate y'all for tuning in. I definitely got some some more heat coming up for y'all. More interviews. More pressure. We might, y'all might actually even see some outside of these live sessions. I'm going to actually try to do some in-person podcast episodes this year. So I think that'll be pretty cool. So definitely appreciate y'all for rocking with me. Y'all may see me back towards the end of the week. Or I know for a fact y'all see me next Monday because I got a special guest for y'all. We'll be talking about how cloud support engineers different from, you know, help desk support, you know, and why it actually pays well. So definitely tune in for that. But uh, like I always say, guys, y'all take it easy. and I stay Wow.